Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. You know, for sure, one of the things that I love doing is I love waking up and starting my day and realizing that, of course, I get to hang out with Benny. Hello, Mr. B. Hi, Dr. Pat. Uh, we do. Got a great, great little lineup going on here today. You got it. We got another one. I know. I think we're going to learn something here, though. Oh. I think I think Jason's going to teach us a little something right now. <laughs> well, a little I'm, something, something. Looking forward to it. Always, <laughs> I'm always willing to learn new something new every day. Ah, boy, I'll tell you, this is what this is something. You know, you're. I think you're at the verge where you're young enough that if you learn this now, I get. Trust me on this. It will save you a lifetime a lifetime of pain. Today, Jason Gregory joining me here today, and we're talking about effortless living. Now, I love this. I love being able to talk about this because this really is a lifelong journey for me. So what is it about Wu Wei and the spontaneous state of of natural harmony? What is it that Jason has learned and is bringing forth in his, his, his new book? Um, and, and if we walk away with reading this book and understand several of these concepts, and I'm not saying you have to just learn them all, but several of these concepts, then your life will be forever changed. And for those of you that know who Jason is, you know that beyond amazing, he is a teacher, international speaker, You know, he specializes in helping all of us become more alert, more aware about Eastern and Western philosophies, what they bring together. You know, what is this idea of looking at comparative religion, spirituality? But the point that I love about this, what is it about the ancient wisdom, the current wisdom, that when we put it into our lives, put it into action, we get to a place of joy? And this is what today it's about. What is it that we can learn about effortless living? And is that something that all of us long for? Jason, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. It's great to be on. Uh, great to be back on, Pat. I, I enjoyed our last conversation. I think it was about <laughs> fasting the mind. So, yeah, <laughs> a, a pleasure. <laughs> you know, I was talking with you. I was telling you that on Wednesdays, Wednesday afternoons and on the weekends. Um, this is the my one pleasure that I really get out of a, 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 a quite a busy uh, and joyful career. But I take time out and I go play ping pong, table tennis. And I play with people that are from, you know, Eastern traditions. 
And I was saying to you something interesting. Uh, I was, I, my experience is that the difference between winning at a game like that, but also winning in the game of life, has to do with what you're putting in this book. And I want to start with that because my mom said to me once upon a time, she said to all of us girls, she said, honey, honey, girls, girls, you all are going to make life as hard as you want it to be or as easy as you want it to be. Mm. And then she would say, the ball is in your court. Now, my mother had no idea what that ball in the court thing meant. She was not a sports person. What do you make of my mom's uh, statement to us girls? And by the way, we looked at her like she had like three heads. So, (laughs) you know, it wasn't until I was older, right? But what do you make of that statement? How does it fit in to the concepts that, you know, you put in your book? Well, you could look at it from many different different angles, Pat, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, it, It is, I guess it's age-old advice, isn't it? The ball is in your court, but we don't know what to do with it, really. So it's, um, I, I guess we get caught up in the, the bind of society when we're, we're told the ball is not in our court and we need to strive to get that ball, you know? So the Eastern, Eastern traditions is, is completely different to that. It's about turning around and understanding that innate in our nature, we're, we're effortless within our mind and we don't have to really, well, we don't have to, excessively strive to achieve what we need in life. We, we can allow life to, to come to us a little bit. And in doing so, we kind of sink in with it and move with it as opposed to, to resist it. Um, and, you know, getting back to your analogy with, um, especially with table tennis, like, mm-hmm. you know, the ball is in your court. If we look at it, like for example, if you were trying to trying to succeed in life, we, we need to we need to get this very effortless state that we call, you know, in sports they would say being in the zone or you know being in a, a state of flow. This is when we start to disengage from mm-hmm. who, who we think we are as this social persona or or, pers- or this person and start to just you know move with life as it is from our more natural cognitive state. So. Meaning like, you know, for example, if you look at someone who plays basketball, you know, most people are familiar with Kobe Bryant or someone yeah. like this, you know, he, he can naturally get into this effortless state, but it does come from years, obviously, of, you know, being on the basketball court and so forth and so on. But he can really disengage with who he is and allow that effortless state just to come forward and, and do its thing, you know. And we all have that because mm-hmm. that's, that's our cognitive nature. Um, it's just a matter of, you know how you know the methods and and how we can you know sort of down regulate that sense of jason yeah. or pat or benny and and just and just live life as it is you know the ball is in your court it's just a matter of i think you know do we understand how we we get into this state of uwe and how uwe is actually our spontaneous our spontaneous nature you know we're not really told obviously about that because it's it's more to do with eastern thought especially you know all of us three coming from the west yeah so you know we're not really taught anything like that we're taught to be go-getters and you know go and take the world over and and uh in the east it's much more different it's about allowing life to happen and be more effortless and understand that innate within us we are you know there's a a chinese word called zitran and zitran Mm. means spontaneity of itself and that's kind of what the especially in Taoism, that's what they think of as a human being. We are like a 
an organic flower where where spontaneous spontaneously of itself. So, you know, the, the world is our oyster, but we just don't know it. You could say. Yeah, and you know, this is really one of the things that is so important to uh, for all of us to really, I, I think, to really absorb in right now, um, because it is not going to get any less uh, busy when it comes to the amount of information we absorb, how we absorb it. You know, I was talking to a futurist uh, about a week ago, and I, I had asked him a question. I called him and I, I, I said to him, Jim, I got a question for you about nanotechnology because he's, he's the person I pick up the phone and I, you know, I, I need a scientific opinion. And I said, I want to talk to you about nanotechnology, totally not related to radio or anything. It was a question that had to do with the future of nanotechnology and uh, healing. Uh, but, you know, as I'm talking about that question, he said to me, he said, nanotechnology, which is the teeny weeny little teeny, teeny computers, like you can't even see them. Like they're like the size of like, like they can go in your bloodstream and seek out bacteria to destroy by programming them exactly to its frequency. And so he said to me, Pat, I've got news for you. And I said, okay, I really am looking at this for a lot of reasons. But he talked about what you put in this book. He said, we have to look at how much we are willing to stop creating the chaos in our lives. And, you know, in other words, we need to look at a life that is effortless, that is flow. I studied with the gentleman down in California who created flow theory. And so he said to me, Pat, here's our greatest challenge. Pretty soon, not too much in the near future, we are not gonna need phones. We're not gonna need computers. We literally are going to have these computer chips that are embedded in who we are and information will be available at a fingertip. So my question really for you and what I wanna talk about today, today we live in a world where we are bombarded by everything. This really leads to a conversation about how important effortless living is because we have to begin to master this now and help our children and our children's children understand this concept. What is it about writing this book and writing it now that presents a message from you, Jason, about what is on the table for us to completely completely honor and absorb in the way we can live our lives? That's a great question, Pat. And there's a lot to unpack there. It's, um, Go for I it. Guess, <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe it's, again, like, you know, I might be biased, but it is one of the most important books to read, I believe, because we are sort of moving away from, especially millennials are starting to move away from this sort of naturalness of life as well, you know. So we're starting to, um, because of technology and because of the bombardment of, you know, all sorts of um, entertainment and all sorts of digital technology, we're moving away from this. And we're stepping sort of into a more of a, a rational mode, a, a constant rational mode of thinking. Um, and if, if you look at, even if you look at the, 
in, in cognitive science, this is very unnatural. And this is how we're educating yeah. ourselves. This is how we're living our lives. We're primarily sitting in our prefrontal cortex mm-hmm. most of the day. And this is, this is um, not only um, is it cognitively disastrous, it's, it's actually physiologically uh, exhausting. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, if you're studying on something for too long, you start to feel a bit dizzy and you just need to relax, <laughs> you know. So we're actually training our children in that now to, you know, especially if you look, if you look at Eastern Asia, if you look at China and um, Korea specifically, <clears throat> they have terrible, uh, they have a terrible education system in the sense that they might be well learned, the children, but they mm-hmm. have no life, they have no ability just to, right. to have fun, to play. Um, <clears throat> you know, I've taught actually in, in China and Korea and when I've um, encountered children and this and that, they're always studying, like they never have free time. Right. And and my wife is actually from Korea, and she, when she was in high school, um, they they go to school from seven in the morning to eleven at night. That's right. So, yeah, so it's just outrageous, you know. It's um, and so this is what we're actually doing. We're trying to keep people in this certain part of the brain, the rational part in the prefrontal cortex, which is actually causing us to identify more with um, the ego, who we think we are, and not our um, not not really our inner nature. Um, which is which you would say, you would say is the hot cognition, which mm-hmm. is what is what brings naturalness to life. It it makes things spontaneous, you know. It's that spontaneous smile you give a stranger. It's the, you know, it's your ability to be great at table tennis. It's all of these wonderful things that make life beautiful. But we're we're stepping away from that because we're living in a realm now, which is um, completely rational and mm-hmm. completely, um, you know, isolated from. Our, our our basic cognition. So, you know, and I'm not, this is not a complete beat up on rationality and so forth and so on, but it's it's more to highlight that we're sort of overemploying this part of the mind, which is kind of, um, you know, it's it's confusing our, our, mm-hmm. our natural cognitive function, you know. So our cognitive function is naturally to use your, cold cognition where your prefrontal cortex is where the the sense of um cognitive effort is and then there's also the ability to you know to play and have fun and and enjoy life which is in the hot cognition Mm -hmm. so it's kind of an ebb and flow but we're we're definitely you know i talk in the book about um kind of the relationship between yang and yin in in chinese medicine where yang is really this active element where you're always doing 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 and and the yin is the non-doing, effortless part of effortless energy um, inherent within us that we that we're not we don't, we don't even access anymore. So, you know, a lot of uh, Chinese medical doctors say that we live in a yin deficient world now. So, because <laughs> because all we're doing is doing, and this is what we're teaching our children. This is what you know, and this is how we're acting actually as as adults as well. So, yeah. we do have to sort of reorient our focus on, into trying to we don't even, well exactly that, that's the paradox you don't have to try to be effortless but you just got to get back into yeah. <laughs> you got to get back into that effortless state that's that we naturally had when we were yeah we, we yeah. were children you know I, I i entered in one of the greatest debates and i'm still in it and every time i say something like this and that as i'm about to say it, it opens up a debate 
But I want to start by asking you this question. You dedicated this book. And for those of you just tuning in, Jason Gregory, my very special guest, the book is Effortless Living. And I made a statement earlier, and I want to make that statement again. I want to repeat it. Um, You know, when you get a copy of his book and when you start to read this, you know, I would call you to look at this book and make a decision to, to, uh, to try one construct, one tip, one tool, one learning, just one, just pick one and then go to the next. And the reason I'm saying that, Jason, is that what you've put in this book, each of the ideas you mentioned, each of the, um, the invitations that you put in the book, each of them is so very powerful, right? That it begins to help us move towards effortless living. And I think this is the greatest challenge we have in our society. We wait till we get to the point of burnout, right? Uh, Overwhelm, not really room to do anything else. And then somebody hands us a whole bunch of things and says, do them. And, And that's not my understanding Especially when I when I think about Lasu, when I think about you know the the concepts in the book, you know we're talking about harmony here, right? Yep. Harmony. And I want to ask you in this book when you're inviting us to liberate the mind, and you're you're opening up the door for effortless living, you know we have to understand what the principles of the effortless mind are. And I'd love for you to take us on a journey of what they are. And and Wu Wei, many people may not know what that is in the world today, but let's talk about where to begin with the teaching. Yeah, for sure. Well, it does come from, as you said, from Lao Tzu. Mm-hmm. And, and Lao Tzu is the original, or, the, or the, the original Taoist. So, you know, Taoism mm-hmm. is a... Is a philosophy from from China, which people are probably familiar with. The Tao Te Ching, for example, mm-hmm. it's a it's a second most sold book in the world to the Bible. Yeah, <clears throat> and um, and and the core teaching in in the Tao Te Ching is Wu Wei, and Wu Wei is basically you can translate it in many different ways. You can mm-hmm. translate it as non doing, non force, uh, effortless action, intelligent spontaneity. But what they're all driving at is this kind of this not forcing, this allowing non-resistance sort of a way of being that we live our life. And so, you know, just think of, for example, when you put a key into a lock, you know, if you, if you just, if you, if you got to force the key in the lock, I mean, turn it, it's going to be met with resistance. But if you just jiggle it, the, the key moves ever uh, moves effortlessly and the door opens, you know. So this is kind of a, a metaphor for, for how we can actually live our life. And that's Lao Tzu's point. Is that when we when we sort kind of align with this more effortless and and non-resistive way of life, we we move um, very effortlessly through life, which is actually very effective. Um, which people may see as a paradox because you know people think, especially back in Lao Tzu's time, you know Confucius was the one who was kind of promoting go-getting. You know, you got to go and get the world. You got to, you know, you got to um, do 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 to to actually achieve things, and, and Lao Tzu was kind of thinking, no, no, we what we've got to do is actually put the, pump the brakes on that, and allow life to happen a little bit for us. And then, you know, he uses nature really as an example a lot of times. But he says that we begin to sort of like 
mimic the rhythms of nature, like in the same way that a dolphin um, mimics the the movements of the ocean, the the, the mm-hmm. ocean's ecosystem. So, you know, he's saying that we're actually the same. So, you know, we can move effectively through society and through our life without meeting resistance, but we have to understand that we have to um, fall in line with this, this practice of wei, this practice of non-doing and <clears throat> just allowing life to happen. You know, you know, most of us don't just have a spare day where we just let life unfold for us. You know, we usually we're out there doing something or or um, trying to achieve something. Mm-hmm. But you know, Lao Tzu saying that that's all well and good, but you need to uh, you need to allow life to happen for you. And then what that does is, is it begins to de- you de- you begin to develop trust yeah. in the world because you actually see that you're part of this world. You're not separate from it, which is one of the fundamental um, errors that people promote in the world, that we're separate from the world, that we're not part of nature. And then this develops this very isolated sense of self where Lao Tzu says, you know, you're actually a part of this. You're not separate from it. And then, but once you begin to let go of doing and align more with the the effortless uwe, then you begin to start to align, you start to feel that sense of oneness deep within your consciousness and you begin to move with it. So, you know, that's the core of of uwe is basically allowing life to happen. And, you know, and it doesn't mean that you just, you stop doing. This is the irony that people, no. think, people think, oh, well, I just don't do anything. And it's like, right. no, no. What happens is you you've disengaged from the sense of who you are and you're beginning to align more with that effortless state in your everyday life and all of your activities are happening but very effortlessly without without the the effort or strain on the sense of a sense of your own persona so you know you're still getting things done but you don't have that sense of um doing them you know mm-hmm. even in even in the Bhagavad Gita they talk about that they have this idea of uh, nishkarma karma which um, means um, not being attached to the fruit of your action so you're just you're, you're doing what you do but you're not attached to it and that's again that goes back to the athlete analogy where they where they've um, worked so hard at something that when they do when they actually do it it's very effortless they don't have a sense of um, Kobe Bryant doing it. it it's just it's just unfolding yeah. of itself yeah so, yeah, so you know, to cut a long story short, that what Lao Tzu is saying is that that's that can be our natural state of consciousness in everyday life, but we have mm-hmm. to really um, find that, and we we have to learn for for a time. I would say put the brakes on in your life to to reevaluate what you're doing, and then things will will begin to unfold. Well, we're going to talk about a number of different things, but you know, I want to talk about a statement that I made on air about six months ago, and I'm and people are, <laughs> I'm still getting emails about it um, from uh, people just asking questions. I said I made a statement. I don't remember what the show was. I don't know what we we're doing, but it's my belief. And I said, yeah. So what I've learned in life is that balance is the enemy of harmony. And I got <laughs> and and. I, and I got, um, you, you know, you could say, of course, I didn't explain it. I did explain what I meant in a later show. Um, and then I read your book. And I'm not saying that you say that, but it's important for us to have a conversation about harmony. 
It really is. I I think that, um, you know, the I think the greatest misconceptions we have right now for people that are trying to make changes in their lives is the ultimate achievement of balance, the word balance. Um, my friends look at, you know, my life and they don't, they don't even know what to make of it anymore. But many people would look at me and say, your life is not in balance. And I say, I would say to them, I, I completely agree with you, but my life <laughs> is completely harmonious. You know, the things I do in life, uh, even if it is working as many hours as I do, I do it with a sense of effortlessness. Yes. So I want to talk about that because you're talking about harmony throughout this book. And I've read this book now twice since I got it. And I could not find the word balance. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I don't think it's in there either. It's, it's, it's I don't think it is. No, no, it's interesting you mentioned that, Pat. But isn't it funny? Isn't it funny Jen, to get back to your original yeah. statement that that yep. people get people get so caught up in semantics, but too, you know. So you know, I, I find that a lot with my work. I get emails and this and that about, <laughs> you know, you said this, this and that, and it's like, oh my god, you know, like don't get so caught in this, the the whole semantics of it. And and again, like people need to define what they mean by balance, what they mean by harmony, mm-hmm. you know. So maybe if I like, for example, if I looked at Pat's life. Your mm-hmm. life may look like it is in balance, according to me. You know, yes. so we have to really define what we mean by those loose terms. You know, so I don't mention balance in there. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I should have. Who knows? But well, you might have mentioned how, how it, these... but I, I didn't find it in the context that our society talks about it. And that's what I mean. I no. mean, I come from a culture, and this is really an issue for women more so than anyone else right now. Uh, women of all cultures, and that is our ever uh, never-ending challenge to strike a, a balance between work. They call it work-life balance. And I remember standing up as the, an executive in HR and just saying out loud, I said, that is just one of the most ridiculous concepts I've ever heard. And at the time, I didn't understand the concepts in your book. And yet you're talking about looking at patterns of life you're you're looking at the world and 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 then you point to something that I think sums it up for me. And that's what I want to talk about when we come back. Trust is unity. Trust. The word trust. Uh, I gotta tell you, my advisors thought I lost my mind when I was in my graduate program, and I decided to study two things for eight years. Broken promises and trust. Let's take a short break. When we come back, don't send me any emails, okay? I already know the answer to this question. I didn't waste eight years studying this. Let's talk about this when we come back with Jason Gregory, Effortless Living. And um, not sure if we have a copy of the book to give away, but we'll find out. We'll be right back. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? 
Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. If you're one of the millions of Americans suffering from anxiety, you probably know how powerless and out of control this emotion can make you feel. This is why it is so important to remember that anxiety is created by your mind, which means that you can learn to use your mind to uncreate it. Hello, my name is Dr. Friedman Schaub. My award-winning book, The Fear and Anxiety Solution, provides you with a step-by-step breakthrough process to understand and resolve the root causes of your anxiety and build a solid foundation of confidence and inner peace. If you're ready to take your power back, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. That's thefearandanxietysolution.com. Or call 866-903-6463. That's 866-903-MIND. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at maryjanemack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit maryjanemack.com. Conscious Confidence Radio, a timeless wisdom with Sarah Main. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio and join Sarah on an adventurous journey to the deeper level of meaning to move beyond today's world of constant change, confusion, and uncertainty beyond the shadow of fear. This hit show explores key concepts such as confidence, values, and attitude in a dynamic way. To learn more about Sarah and her work, visit sarahmain.com. Everybody, welcome back. Um, you know, I, I, Jason Gregory is my very special guest today. The book is fabulous, Effortless Living. Um, and, you know, we're talking about, I call it Wu Wei probably because I don't know what I'm doing, and the spontaneous state of natural harmony. Um, the book for me is so timely. There are so many things in the book. I'm trying, Jason, I'm trying to pick out some of the things that I think might be really helpful for people. Uh, we're not going to get to everything. But before we jump back into this, um, how can people find out more about it? How can they get their copy of the book? T- tell me where we are with that. 
Okay, so if you want to if you want to get um, you know find out anything about my work, you go to jasongregory.org. Mm-hmm. If you want if you want to purchase a book, you can go to uh, Amazon or Inner Traditions or any of those. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll give a, a free copy away to one of the listeners, I guess, today. If if there's yes. um, someone who's lucky enough, I guess. I don't yeah. Know. Benny, Benny does such a great job at taking care of that. Uh, let's do that now, Benny. 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. Uh, first caller, we'd love to give you a copy of Jason's book. Um, there's so much in the book. I, 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 and again, I, I know we kind of left people hanging before the break. So let's get back to that. Um, yep. It was hard for me to achieve balance in my life according to the standards in the United States uh, for women to have equal parts of everything operating and and then do that and still do what you talk about in chapter seven, trust and unity. You know, it, it is really a dilemma. And I don't remember when, probably when I went on Vision Quest, when I decided to give up the whole balance thing. <laughs> I was relieved. <laughs> well, again, like like we were speaking off air, Pat. It's mm-hmm. you know, how do people? What's the category that people define balance in? You know, like there's so many, and I I always say that that's different for each and every individual because some people just have unlimited amounts of energy, and other people don't. Other people have you know a limited energy reserve every day. So. You know, for example, if someone is working in in Wall Street, for example, and they're completely stressed and burnt out, I would say that they need to step away from that for a while to, you know, try and, you know, ground their life or, you know, clear their head and and, and get back into, you know, to use lack of a better word, balance. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you if you're looking at equality of time over the day for each and every um, activity or or uh, finding this work-life balance thing, I think that that's a bit of an illusion mm. because that's not going to be the same for each and every one of us, you know. So, you know, I get that a lot, especially with with um, writing because people say, you know, you speak about effortless living, but you get, you get a lot done, you, get, you write a lot of books, and it's like, oh, I, I love what I do, and it's not that I'm, you know, I, not that I'm out of balance or anything like that. I'm, I'm just more in harmony with my life, and I just move, you know, to, to what, what I'm compelled to do, you know, so it's, and, and the day just takes care of itself. You know, Mm. I'm not, I'm not really sitting around with a calculator analyzing, you know, I should have this much time doing this or this much time doing that with my wife and this much time, you know, going to see a friend or or whatever. I, I I think that's a bit of an illusion. I think that we, what we have to find is, is more so harmony is, is about, and that looks different for each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. when we find harmony in our own life because it's not something that somebody else in the outside could probably say that, oh, I don't know if you're harmonious in your life, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, a sense, it's a sense of feeling that you have when you are in harmony with your life. There's a, there's a real sort of groove or rhythm mm-hmm. to your life that you, that you begin to feel. Now, that doesn't have anything to do really with balance. No. I, would say that, I would say that being in harmony probably is the, the real balance that we're looking for, you know, yeah. so... Yeah. yeah. And uh, let's talk about it because I, uh, the, th- the thing that I love uh, about reading this book is I could see along the pathway of my life, I could see like as I read the book uh, and then I went back and read it again, I could see um, where 
the light bulb went on for a couple of these, right? Um, uh, and as I went through this, I really was struck on what you wrote about trust. And I think it's important to take a moment and talk about what you referenced when you referenced trust. Trust in the universe, uh, I think you met, mentioned trust in the universe is your body. And I think these are concepts that are worth talking about. Um, I don't think many people would have expected this, the, this chapter in the book, but I was really, I, I really love that you put it in here. How important is trust in, is, how important is trust? And how important is this idea of trust is unity? Yes, this is one of the yeah. most important. I think one of the most important parts of the book because yeah. when you get, when you get down to the the essence of Uwe, uh, um, at, as in living it, trust becomes the main component, uh, the core component, because you have to have a trust in life. And this is the irony is is you know, I always say to people that trust is the paradox of unity because if you don't trust the world, if you don't trust your own life, then you're out of sync with. Um, the unity of life with oneness because you don't actually trust life. You're, you're still looking at life as uh, as something separate from your own consciousness. So the whole idea in Taoism is to try and um, collapse that illusion into into the reality that you and you and nature and the whole cosmos is is one living thing, one living organism, as they as they say in Taoism. And trust is is that that part of ourselves that aligns us with it, that brings us into sync with um, the universe, the, the Tao, as they use in China, the way, mm-hmm. of, the way of the cosmos, the way of the universe. And, you know, I use a really um, interesting example in the book. Um, there's, a, there's a part in the book where I talk about trust and the universe is your body. And that's, that's a story about, there's a Norwegian ethnographer and adventurer for Heidel back in 1947, um, he was famous for going on this expedition called Kontiki. And so Kontiki is basically this uh, this expedition that he went on with with his small crew. And so what he did was he went to Peru and he built this balsa wood raft. So it was very loosely um, built, you know, just with ropes and there was a balsa wood raft. They didn't take anything. And so his idea was that because he, he, he had a very sort of – as you were talking about, Pat, you always thought about thought about this mm-hmm. and thought it was kind of a wrong way of thinking. But this is, was was the same with Heidel. He th- he thought this as well, and he grew up in a very secular nation, being Norway, and they thought he was just a nutter, like a real crazy <laughs> person. <laughs> and so he wanted to really prove that that what his his intuition is saying is actually right. So he went to Peru and he built this balsa wood raft, and he just he took no oars with him, nothing, and he just drifted out into the vastness of the Pacific Ocean, and he said, "You know, wherever it takes me, it'll take me," sort of thing. <laughs> and so, there, at first, there was the problem of the durability of the of the of the raft. And as they went on, the the actual the balsa wood logs began to bind more tightly. They, they began to swell up with the water and bind more tightly, which made the raft more durable. And then later on, there was always the problem of food. And then every morning, what they found was flying fish were landing on the deck every every morning. So they yeah. had fresh fish every day. And so the irony is is that as he began to let go and trust the the ecosystem of the ocean, they actually began to mimic the the movements of a dolphin within the 
within the within the ocean. So wow. they were moving effortlessly, um, following the path of least resistance through the Pacific Ocean. And you know, the amazing part of the story is that they continued to follow this method, and they and they ended up landing on a, a distant um, South Pacific island called uh, Tuamotos in, in the French. French Polynesia. So that's 5,000 miles, roughly 5,000 miles into the Pacific Ocean. He traveled just on this little balsa wood raft. So, you know, I use that as an extreme example in the book. I don't want people to go and build themselves mm-hmm. a raft and just drift into the Pacific. But what, but what Heyerdahl does show in that, in, that, in that epic adventure is that if you can let go of your life and you can, absor- you can trust the world, then you'll be astounded at where your, your life will actually take you. And, you know, the problem, I guess, with a, a lot of us now is because we're taught not to trust the world. We're taught to be skeptical of people and the way of the world that we do. And we do end up in these kind of dead ends in our life where there's, you know, we're trying this, we're trying that and, and nothing works because yeah. we're, not, we're not really trusting life. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what I love about that story is that we the the analogy that I think of is uh, uh, how we're seeing more and more people step out onto that 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 boat, step mm-hmm. onto that boat with their lives and their careers right now. You know, we're looking at some of the fastest growing segments of entrepreneurs. Uh, that we have ever experienced, uh, well, you know, I'm talking about post-modernization, you know, where more and more people, and now we're finding more and more women are stepping out and they're getting into that boat. And, you know, they're saying, where is this going to lead me? You know, I'm willing to step out and I have my vision. So you got to have to have a vision. The vision was, I'm going to get in this boat. Right. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, he didn't say like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. No, that's not the story. The story is I'm going to get in this boat. So there's a clear intention and direction. And this is the lesson that, you know, I love in the book about trust is, you know how I said, like, uh, balance is the enemy of harmony. Mm. Yeah. I think doubt okay, this is just me now. I think doubt is the enemy of effortlessness. Mm. I think doubt, you know, this notion of doubt, we don't talk about it very much. Um, But when I read what you've written about trust and I think about trust in life Mm. and, you know, I was reading this one line that you wrote, you said, when we are positive, we are not doubting. I'm I'm sorry I'm stuck on this chapter right now. (laughs) I'm a little stuck. Um, But I love what you wrote. And, you know, you talk about, you say, in our speech, thoughts, and mannerism, we exhibit a propensity to doubt life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's Um, true. It is true. And and it is groomed. Mm, Yeah. It's groomed. You know what I mean by groomed? I mean, that's probably not a good word. Um, (laughs) We groom but, our hair, we groom our, bo- our nails, we, gr- we groom ourselves, meaning we purposefully set out and adapt a set of behaviors and habits. And this is what my sense is for what you wrote. Um, but I also love that you, you continue to talk about doubt. And um, you talk about the fact 
that we doubt because we've been taught that we are alien to this world and that somehow we do not belong. I read that and I started, my eyes started to fill up with tears around that. Wow. There's so many people right now that don't feel they belong in this world. I mean, we're seeing it in suicide rates of young and old. But you have a takeaway here. And I want to talk about that takeaway if we could. You know, while you acknowledge doubt and you say, yet in a world that feels cut off from life, we think of positivity as a disgustingly strange attitude. I created an entire network of 10 channels called Positive Talk Radio. But I have been the grim reaper for a lot of years in my life. (laughs) How do we we get to this place? How do we get to this place? I want to hear what you've discovered and what your invitation is for people here. Well, I, I really appreciate that you brought up doubt there too. Pat, because, um, like you said, that is that is groomed in our culture. You know, that is cultivated. You know, through education, through the way that we, you know, our society is is taught us not to, ident- you know, that we're separate from the world. And so, h- how can we trust? Right. Mm. So, so doubt is the the you could say the opposite of trust. You know, and and I and I really appreciate that you brought up the fact of. Also, the entrepreneurship, the recent entrepreneurship yeah. going on in the world, and I think that's wonderful because you know a lot of people are jumping onto that boat, throwing themselves into yeah. the wilderness, throwing themselves yeah. into the wilderness, and just seeing where it goes. You yeah. Know? And and I was going to mention that even to give an example of of myself because yeah, I, I remember when I left Australia back in two thousand and eight, and I started writing articles and this and that and about about these sort of topics. I thought. I didn't. I didn't know where I was going, but I know that this is what I wanted to do, you know. And then, and then the the rest is history, you know. So um, it started off very innocently, and then it, it is where it is now. So, you know, that's what can happen if we do let go of that doubt. Um, now, to get back to the, the the end part of your mm-hmm. your the end of your question was um, how to live more. Wasn't it how to live more Trusting. positively? Trusting, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. trusting. I mean, if you live more trusting, okay, so this is simplistic, I know it. Yeah. Uh, if we live more trusting, uh, we will live more positively. Mm. Yeah. I, it is I, true. yeah, I don't have any research on that, but I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure that that works for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is it is true. And and if you if you do begin to trust your life and and just trust where it's going, then you will actually have a sense of more more positivity because, you know, doubt actually is is a negative response, right? So doubt mm-hmm. is a negative response to life. You you're not sure where your life is going, and so you 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 know we all fall victim of that sometimes because oh, yeah. life has a way of kicking you in the guts. I'm not but immune from that. No, I think every, no one is. But the thing is that what happens when you begin to trust more is you begin to accept that you know even if doubt comes that you can. You can push that away and, and and identify that as just a a negative response to a situation that you might not be used to, mm-hmm. or that that you're afraid of, or, or an obstacle that you're afraid of overcoming. Um, but if you begin to trust, then you look at obstacles differently. You know that all right, life is going to throw these up, but I know that um, if I move this way or that way, I know I'm going to follow. I'm going to end up on the right path because that'll be 
you know, like, you know, if we use lightning, for example, lightning always finds its own way by following the path of least resistance. So, and we are all individual lightnings, you know, so if we can just look at our life and begin to have a deeper sense Mm. of where our life is headed, then we'll end up where we need to be, you know, in the same way that Thor Heyerdahl did. But you've got to really have a firm conviction in that trust. If you if you keep identifying with doubt, then you're never going to get there. And so you have to really start to identify more with your true inner nature as opposed to the social persona that's been developed by society through all of the socialization. That's the part of ourselves that keeps yeah. doubting. That's the part of ourselves that is separate from the yeah. world. But our deep inner nature, our deep inner nature knows intrinsically we're moving this way because that's the way the that's where you're going. And it doesn't matter if your if your ego wants to debate about it because that's just where your life is headed. So, yeah, I mean, the the oh my gosh, uh, I love when. Um, you know, I look at my life in a couple of different ways and people that have listened to to the show as long as they've listened, you know, I always have a result in mind. You know, I really am a results-oriented person that lives on the edge of abstraction. You know, it, 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 look at my uh, look at my um, um, uh, astrology chart with four planets in Sagittarius and four in Capricorn and that explains it, right? Yeah. But I will always open with, you know, abstract um, intuition. Mm. And here's what I want to talk with you about. There is so much in here that I can point to, especially when we talk about synchronicity mm. uh, and the language of the effortless mind. I am so struck by how important synchronicity is and how often we think we are not players in the game of synchronicity. And, and I want to talk with you about that. You know, this idea of these four, I hope you come back so we can talk about the four principles you put in here, um, the principles you put in here, because uh, I don't know, three or four. But I want to talk to you about them because they're important. You know, the idea of vibration and rhythm and mentalism you know, these ideas are so important in looking at synchronicity and the power of our own intuition. Where, What role does intuition play in this journey? Mm. Yeah, well, it, it plays a big role. Um, just, just like what you said, Pat, it's, um, you know, intuition has is, is kind of, um, what, what would we say, is not being destroyed, but it's being suppressed in our modern yeah, world. Yeah, suppressed. Mm-hmm. Because we're because we're being taught to be these rational um, creatures that you know uh, are very materialistic and forget about anything that might be uh, synchronistic in nature. Don't worry about that. That's just mere coincidence. So we're taught we're taught in this way, and we don't really know the inner essence of uh, ourselves and also the nature of synchronicity. So you know, synchronicity is very important, especially you know people think that when they when they think of Lao Tzu and and, and and all of these old Taoist sages, they think that they never spoke about synchronicity. But fate makes up one of the big, their, their, the big cause of of their um, philosophy. You know, so they they get out of the ideas of of just blind causality, and they're more in the field of synchronicity and, and fate. So, you know, when we begin to, you know, the the irony is in 
with synchronicity, especially from the Eastern view, is that when we begin to empty our mind more and we begin to be more present in life, instead of letting the you know that separate part of ourself control our life, then the Tao begins to enter begins to enter you. You know, I know that sort of sounds uh, metaphysical, but it begins to enter through your consciousness, and you begin to experience the synchronistic process of life because mm-hmm. you are in you are in sync with that universal energy. Because you are in sync with that universal energy, you begin to actually experience these synchronicities. And that doesn't mean synchronicities are always positive, too. You need mm-hmm. to people. No, need to no, no. Yeah. People, people need to remember that you can have yeah. negative synchronicities. Oh yeah. But, but what, but what can happen is just the identity of it, you know, from especially from an Eastern perspective, is the is the validation that you're in the on the right path. You're in, yeah. you're moving in the right direction. So, and I do mention those three principles, especially. Yes. If, from uh, hermeticism where you've got the law of vibration, the law of mm-hmm. rhythm, and the law of mentalism. Yeah. So, and, and that cuts into, again, the fabric of, of reality itself. So we're talking about vibration and rhythm, which make up the, the fabric of the universe and the consciousness that drives it, the mentalism. It, you know, they're all intertwined. The three are intertwined. So that's when, when your consciousness is in sync with, with reality, then you begin to... I don't want to say that you begin to change the reality, but you begin to experience the reality in as one with it, um, mm-hmm. which which appear then as you know the pure vibratory and rhythm forms that that we see um, in nature. You know, I talk about synchronicity as a song of spirit and matter in the book, mm-hmm. so it's 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 more of a, a unison or, or or a choir between. Um, spirit and matter so yeah. we probably don't have enough time to talk about well those. you'll get, you'll come back because i really do want to talk about those principles you know they're key you know mm-hmm. today what we talked about is you know this this uh, idea of effortless living which could be a way of life and you've created a book to take mm-hmm. us step by step in creating that and i think that we can all live our lives you know to the fullest let's say Um, And even at the fullest, it can be effortless. And that's my takeaway that, you know, those things have always in our tradition will have mostly in our traditions living in the United States have been mutually exclusive. You know, live life to the fullest means you work hard, you sweat, perspiration, not inspiration. (laughs) And I think we need a new narrative and you've written it. Thank you so much, Jason, for today. Again, give out your website and let folks know how to get a copy of the book. Okay, to find out more about me, go to jasongregory.org. And to get a copy of the book, just go to uh, Inner Traditions or, or Amazon, or you can even go to my website and find the book. So, you know, I'm, I'm available. I, I'm actually on all the social media networks on yeah. Facebook and YouTube and that. And um, so I, yeah. I, I respond to most people. So Yeah, you, you know. do. I, uh, I totally get it. I hope you will come back because there are some things that I think are really, really important to the day and age that we live in. Thank you so much for this. Jason Gregory, everyone, Effortless Living um, is the book. And we did give a copy of the book away. Thank you, Benny, for doing that. We're going to take a short break, a real uh, shorty, as I like to call it. Uh, Terrific Tuesday. Yeah, we're bringing back old school, Benny, kicking it up old school. We take a short break. We've got another hour coming up on the Dr. Pat Show, Transformation Talk Radio, and Jason Rocks. We'll be right back.
preceding audio was via a Skype call.